C.S. Lewis, the great author, once said, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but I often butcher quotes. Um, And sometimes I say quotes from people and it's not the right person. But the point is, is that the quote roughly happened, okay, somewhere in the world. But it was something like this. He said, how gloriously different is God in the saints and how boring and mundane are all the great tyrants and the wicked? How gloriously different is God in the saints and how mundane the great tyrants. Because tyrants, the wicked, it's the same thing over and over and over, right? Power, manipulation, domination, fear, force. It's the same thing. If you look at every tyrant throughout the history of the world, they use the same recipe to maintain power and control. But it would be next to impossible to find one particular pattern of the saints, one way of following Christ. One of my favorite parts about the All Saints homily, it's one of the easiest homilies to preach because you just tell stories about saints. But think about this. Mother Teresa, right? We all know her. What was her charism? Or what was her like mode to holiness? Working with the poorest of the poor. I don't know if we understand exactly what that means. These are people... And I say this in all charity, but they would make you gag to even be around them. I know this because I worked at Mother Teresa's shelter in Rome, San Gregorio. And while I was there, they brought in a man who had no arms. And he had been living in the streets of Rome for I don't know how long. And it was my job and another seminarian's job to bathe him. I couldn't breathe. And yet the sisters would come in and just, oh, oh, brother, you're okay. You're okay. Go sit in the corner. You're obviously not strong enough, right? (laughs) And, And then they would just pour love onto these people. So that's one way. I mean, you got another one like St. Francis of Assisi, right? Radical poverty. Radical trust. I don't know if you know the story of St. Francis of Assisi and the Sultan, during the Crusades, the Sultan was down in Egypt, and Francis had had enough of the fighting, so he just said, I'm going down to Egypt, and I'm going to convert the Sultan. And so he went down to Egypt. He walked, by the way. No cars, no planes, no horses. He walked barefoot all the way to Egypt, and when he got there, he walked up to the Sultan's camp and somehow got in to the Sultan's camp and appeared before the Sultan. And he said, here's the deal. This fighting is stupid. So build a fire as big as you possibly can. And you take your holiest man. And it will be me and him. And we will both walk into the fire. And the one that lives is the true God. Now, the sultan thought he was an idiot, for the record. And never let him do it. But everybody said that Francis went down there too. Talk to to dialogue with the sultan. He didn't go down there to dialogue with the sultan. He went down to either convert the sultan or die. And that's how great his trust was and his poverty in the sense of letting God lead him. One of my favorite stories, St. John Vianney, the great pastor priest, the the patron of all parish, parish priests who lived in a little tiny town of ours in France. When he got there, his people hated him. And there was a petition going around 
that everybody in the town was signing, descended the bishop. And so his people, some of the people that cared about the parish came to him and said, Father Vianney, you need to see this. There's this petition going around. He's like, let me see it. And he grabbed it out of their hand and he read it aloud. And it said, our pastor is incompetent, ineffective, driving people away from the parish, and unpopular. He should be removed. And Vianney said, where's a pen? And he signed it. He gave it back to him. He said, they're right. And he went off to go help the sick. There are so many different ways. Blessed be our Giorgio Frassati. For young people, he died at the age of 24. His parents disowned him, thought he was a loser. Because all he did was spend time with poor people. His family was very prosperous in Frassati in France. Or in, in Italy, sorry. And upon his death, he was taking care of single-handedly 120 families in his hometown. And 10,000 people showed up to his funeral. It even converted his parents. They were on the verge of divorce, and it brought them back together. And when they opened his coffin, some 50 years later, ready for this? He was smiling, eyes open, with eyeballs moist to the touch, after 60 years, or 50 years of being dead. And I know that's true. You can sit back, you're making that up. It's true because I talked to his great niece in Rome who was at the coffin when they opened it. This stuff is real. This isn't just like, you know, storytelling with Father Waltz tonight. This is real stuff. These people are real. Love of humility. Love of purity. Love of one neighbor. The, the list just goes on and on and on. There's no two saints that are alike. And why are the saints so different? Because God never runs out of ideas. You should not try to imitate the saints. Bet you never thought you'd hear that from a priest. You shouldn't. You're not called to be St. Francis, St. Clair, St. John Vianney, St. Catherine of Siena. You're called to be St. John, St. Jamie, St. Lisa, St. Janet, whatever. And you are going to bring your particular love into this world. If you want to see what God looks like, look at the saints in their entirety. But you know what? There's something that bothers me about all of us, me included. I don't think we like to look at this challenge. Because when we look at it, we realize what it calls us to which is heroic sacrifice. And sometimes we take these saints and we put them on a pedestal and we say, look at that, we could never get to that. It's not true. They're human like us. Just as Adolf Hitler was a human. We can fall that far. We can also rise to the glory of a St. Paul. It's the mystery of the human being. Here's another quote, don't know where it came from, but this one's directly quoted. I'm not butchering this one but I just don't know the source. <clears throat> Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I 
to be talented, holy, a leader, a saint. Actually, who are you not to be that? You're a child of God and you're playing small in this world doesn't serve anyone. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to be lights. We are all born to manifest the glory of God. And as we liberate from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. You ever heard the statement that a Christian is, a, is someone who's met another Christian? When they meet us, they're meant to meet Christ. We're to be conduits. When I met John Paul II, everybody always said, when you met John Paul II, you just cried. And I'm like, I'm not crying. Refuse to cry. I'm not going to cry around this man. And when I went up and I kissed his ring and I said, Holy Father, will you please pray for me and my family? And he looked into my eyes and he said, I will. I started bawling. And I'm mad enough to admit it. Why? Not because of like fear. Not because of I was meeting such a great man. It was because when he looked at me, I'm not kidding you guys, like love pierced my heart. He was a conduit of God's love. That's why when you got around him, you started crying. Because you felt so loved. And if that's just a taste, a taste of what the infinite love is like, I don't know why we search after anything else. I really don't. The saints understood what it took. And they made the choice every day. A couple years ago, I was out hunting with a couple buddies of mine, and they had new dogs. And we were shooting geese, and we were, it was, you know, normally it's, it's hard to shoot geese. Maybe it's not. If you're a goose hunter and you're really good, feel free to take me because I'm not that good. But we had one day where we were in the perfect spot, and we were just knocking them down. It was so fun. I think we shot like six boxes of shells, black and blue shoulder. But as we were going to get all the birds afterwards, there was a, a pond. It's about the size of this church, maybe. And there were two birds laying on the pond. And these dogs, both of them ran out to get the birds. And they both fell through. And these two buddies of mine, these were new dogs. And I, I, I sat there and I'm like, man, that stinks. I don't know, what are we going to do about those dogs? And they just went plowing right into the water. Just punching through. These are big dudes too. Punching through the ice. Bloodied knuckles. Going after these dogs. Grabbed them. Ripped them. Threw them out onto the ice. The dogs ran to safety. And I'm like, man. That's serious. And the Lord in that moment said to me very clearly. When you learn learn to want to save souls like they wanted to save their dogs, you'll be a saint. When you have that kind of passion, that kind of urgency for those who are dying in this world of darkness, you will have found the key to be a saint. I think Mother Teresa summed it up the best. She said, to be a saint, you must desire God with all of your heart, And you must choose him above everything, always. And he will do the rest. It's not that hard. 
but will we choose it? May the example of all the saints we have in the history of our faith not discourage us, but encourage us.